Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Gorgeous George and Goes, are you ready? Chunky Nation, are you ready? Well, let's get it on! From the fight capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada, this is MMA Junkie Radio. We rollin'! What's going on, Junkie Nation? Look who the cat drug in. All the way from Manchester, England. A fighter that we've been following for a long time. His, what did I say? Huh? Oh, I thought he said something. Brendan Lockname. <laughs> I thought he said London or something like that. Nah. He snuck something you in there. You know where I'm Brent, I know. I said Manchester. And he, he said something. But this is Brendan Lockname, the tw- 2022 PFL featherweight champion. Look at that lovely belt that he has there. And, of course, the season starts off on Friday on ES, sorry, ESPN on April 1st, which is coming up uh, this week. And Brendan will be defending that title against Marlon Rice. Well, we're going to discuss that because yeah. I have an interesting angle on this. <laughs> Marlon Rice is his opponent. All right. For those of you that have followed the show for a long time, you remember in 2008, I got Bell's palsy on my right side of my face. I overcame it, and it was tough. And last Friday, I got it on the left side of my face. So that is why I sound different. And if the camera captures me in a certain way, I look different. I hate the way I look, but I'm going to get through it. I'm going to stay positive. We're going to power through here. But uh, that's the whole deal. I don't have a bunch of marbles or crickets stuck in my mouth. I am just, uh, I got belt palsy. So what are you going to do? Nobody Brendan. would have guessed crickets, by the way. I've never well, you got a cricket bet coming up. Oh, I do. But you know what? I got them right. So Newcastle and Manchester United. If uh, Newcastle loses, wait. If Manchester United loses, they have to eat a live cricket. Why? I'm good though, right? Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Who's making he these bets? He bet the Belle Touring girl, Louise Mackay, <laughs> that because uh, she's a Newcastle supporter. And remember, I told you the other day, the day after your fight on Sunday. Yeah. It's Newcastle against Manchester yes. United. The loser has to eat uh, a cricket as a bet. I think because she's in Thailand and they they have a lot yeah. of that stuff. How did who? I don't, I'll leave that yeah. one. Next question. You're, you're, I'm not, you're I'm in not Thailand. Sweating. You never heard of, of uh, they eat scorpions and spiders over so there? So how did it come about that a cricket would get eaten? I think we were asking her about what kind of things do you eat uh, when you're in Thailand. In and Thailand. she brought a cricket. And then my big mouth said, well, I'm so confident that we got this. I'll eat a live no, I think you're But safe. really, I just want to see no, her eat safe. a cricket. You're safe. Yeah. You're safe. And Newcastle's a, a good side. But um, I think Manchester United's just on a roll. With the Red Devils. Advancing in the Red... In the, um, in the uh, FA Cup now, we bagged the Carabao Cup. The Euros are looking nice. You Everything's know. looking good. It's Manchester's all, looking, looking great. It's looking great, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's where we really, really connected. We cover so many fighters, but Brendan, aside from Manchester United being a supporter, he is just such a lively individual, fun, a really fun guy to uh, interview, mm-hmm. man. And you're one of PFL's <laughs> biggest stars. I hope they realize that, and I hope they can get behind you. I know it's not a title defense, I know it's a fresh season, but you and I were talking before the show started. It feels like it should be like, you know, like you won it last year. Man, you went through the ringer, but you pulled through, and here we are in a fresh season ready to start. What, what do you think of that, uh, what I was tossing at you? 
Do you think, are you entitled defense mode or is it just a fresh season for you? I mean, I don't know what mode I'm in. Uh, it was it was strange because we were talking off air, but I was already thinking what you were saying. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait, so is this a title defense? Like, there's the belt. I'm mm-hmm. like, hmm. It's almost like you win it and then... They're going to introduce you as a champion. You'll probably go in second. Yeah, it doesn't make mm-hmm. sense, right? So I like to tell people... Like, you got to make 145. They didn't say 146. Or, or, or do you, can you make 146? I don't know. Maybe we should, should find that out. Maybe right? I should uh, clarify. Yeah, because I just gave him a hug. I was like, "God damn, man, these guys are really, really do shrink up before yeah, fights." We do. Mm-hmm. We do. I'm mm-hmm. like a bag of bones right now. But I mean, like, here's what I tell people, right? So UFC Bellator one, you win the belt, you're the champion. You defend that belt once every six months, maybe, maybe a bit more, maybe a bit less. Okay, PFL, you're the champion. Okay, April comes around, you better four fights, seven months again. And if you lose one of them, you're not the champion. So effectively, to be a two-time champion, you have to win eight fights. Any other promotion to be a two-time champion, you win two fights. It's a big, 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 big difference. So respect to Natan, Lance, Kayla, Kayla. these people that have done it twice over because it really is a whole different ball game. Mm-hmm. You already know when your next fight is too. So your mind is set on this Don't weight. Don't remind me. Your mind is set on this weight cut. And you know you got to fight on April 1st. At 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on ESPN. Can't emphasize that enough. Yeah. Huge platform for you guys. Yeah. But um, at the same time, as soon as it's done, not much time to decompress. We get to watch Manchester United mess up the magpies, and then it's back into another camp. It's uh, it's hard on the brain, especially like like the one that got me last year was beating that guy in the second regular season fight. Then I'm gonna. 10 minutes after the fight, I'm in a stare down with Chris Wade. And I'm like, fuck, give me a fucking, give me a minute <laughs> to just have a beer and relax. Mm-hmm. I'm doing stare downs for the next one. And like... I kind of like stare downs. But, but, I know, uh, I love them. It's great, but give me more than five minutes, please. Like, gotcha. Yeah, it was just like, oh, yeah, straight in again. And that is the, uh, the thing about this tournament that there's no switching off for a whole year, pretty much. And if you do, you get found out. And this is my third season. And now I believe I'm more mature with it. It's my third season. It's a marathon, not a sprint. I feel like I've gauged it a lot better this year. I really do. And I feel like feel like I'm a tournament veteran. Mm. Oh, I was going to say it goes real fast. I know you got some stuff for Brendan. It's so true as he was talking. He's probably elated, mm-hmm. happy, looking for his family and friends, yeah. Congrat, you know, touching his corner, fist bumps. And then all of a sudden you got to come back down and kind of fake a frown, which I can't do right now. But mm-hmm. you got to fake a frown like you're mad and you're yeah, ready yeah. to fight. But at the same time, I've always liked that. When Can I just when, say, it wasn't hard for Chris Wade, though. It wasn't <laughs> hard. I, I didn't like Chris Wade, so I was like, yeah, he wants to do a stare down. Let's go. How come you don't like Chris Wade? I just don't like him. Still don't. You just woke up one day and you don't like Chris Wade? No, no, it was real beef. <laughs> it was real beef. Like It's got to be a story. Yeah, it started like... I mean, are we going over this again? Why not? <laughs> I remember the first. Did I forget? Job. I'm sorry. Did I forget? Was it something big? No, no, no. It wasn't oh, okay. very big. But I mean, we had a whole thing about why it started, and he had his version. I had mine. I remember when I first signed, I first seen him, and give me this stare down. Like I just walked past him in the hallway, and he looked at me like this. I'm like, the fuck is this? Mm. You know what I mean? Like real, like that. Then he was uh, back and forth on socials. I said a few things. He said a few things. Then we had the whole London thing. And then I beat his ass. That's it. Oh so, my God, where have I been? I love this shit. I can't believe that I'm I not... think you probably just don't remember. Because I think he talked Foggy. about it with us okay. one time. Go but, ahead. Uh, 
But yeah, look, I mean, we're going to get to Marlon Rice. This yeah, yeah, is a great cool. match. We're going to get there. But I do feel like we need to go back a little bit because we've been a part of your journey this whole mm-hmm. way. And we've seen, like, man, good things come to those who wait. Um, the road there for you is so unique. When you look at that championship belt, what means more to you, that belt or when you look at your account uh, and the money that you made from it? What really resonates with you this long journey to, to this moment? I mean, there's a couple of ways of looking at this. So first of all, when you asked me that question on the night, I said the performance was better than them both because I was just so happy to negate Bubba and Bubba's skills and beat him the way that I did and knock him out. Nobody expected that, um, even myself. So that was the first thing. That was my initial thoughts. Then it was the legacy, Manchester champion, going home, bringing the bell. That was one thing. But then it was also buying a property that I always wanted. Um, so there's the three things. So, I mean, you can't really pick a, one of them three things. It comes as a package. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was all big one package and it was just it was just a great time in my life. But had to put all that to one side and start training again for like hungrier than ever and have to act like none of it happened and go again. Well, you know what we can't do anymore? When we watch fights, sometimes we'll watch them with hardcore MMA fans. They know everything. Sometimes we watch them with casuals. What we can't say no more is... See that guy, watch, he's really good. You are no longer under the radar. You are no longer an underdog. You have a target on your back now. Do you like that feeling? Is it something you embrace? Well, when I won it all, I'll be honest, I was like, I'm not doing that tournament again. I was like, no way. Like, I'm not doing it. I told my coach, told my girlfriend, told told everybody, like, that's not happening. And then I kind of sat around for a month, like, twiddling my thumbs. I was like, ooh, what now then? Mm. And then PFL call up, they're like, Hey, you want to do it again? I'm like, fuck no. <laughs> and then and I was like, okay, maybe. Then I go to Thailand, start training. And I'm like, you know, this silk sheet thing, is, is it real? I started training. I was with Jan and Faziev and all these guys. So listen, if you want to go in there and start having silk sheets, they will kick your ass. So then I started training. And I was like, fuck. Then I started beating personal bests on things. And then I was like, fuck. Then I found myself hungrier than ever. And I was like, no, I'm going to do this again. I'm really going to do this again. And like started, I don't know if you've seen that viral thing that I posted with the sweep and that's something that I've not done in years. I'm pulling out new techniques. I feel like the pressure's off. I feel like I'm more relaxed. I feel like the pressure's completely off. It's right there now and I can enjoy fighting now. Well, if you have silk sheets, they're probably in a suitcase because if anybody knows anything about you, you travel quite a bit. Now, you have actually done one where you just stay at home as well. You've, you've tried both. So I guess my question to you is, yep. what is the correct recipe? Which one did you like the most? And could it, could it be that the correct recipe is not having a recipe? Yeah. I mean, they both you, seem to work for you. Now that you put it like that, I mean, I did the Wade camp in, in Manchester and I did the final in Thailand. I guess it's just me. It's inside me. It's not where you do your camp, who's your trainer, what nutrition did you have? Is your strength and conditioning coach? No, listen, I'm a fighter. You could mm-hmm. put me in this room and I would train in this room for six weeks with no equipment and I would still be the same, Brendan. Like, So people put too much emphasis on camps and trainers. It's just your work ethic, man. Don't matter where you are, just get your nose to the, the ground and work hard and that's it. If you guys ever get hungry, there's some chips on my shoulder at all times. I always have a chip on my shoulder. Did you have any sort of chip on your shoulder and was there anybody that you picked up the phone when you got this belt and kind of gave an I told you to, that told you so to, even if it was somebody going back to your childhood, a teacher that said, you can't be doing mixed martial, anybody that you kind of said, look, I did it. I told you so. Another good question. 
but it's funny that I actually envisioned for a long time doing the Instagram post with the belt. I couldn't wait to put that post up because mm -hmm. the amount of disappointment that I'd been putting online for all the years, the Duke and Wild loss, the Pat Healy loss, the ones that I didn't lose and I had to say, hey, I lost this, the, the Dana White contender series, hey, I didn't get the contract. And to finally go, hey, I'm a champion. Hey, there's the, there's the check. To finally do that post, I remember writing it. I was in the after party and I wrote it like four times and I was envisioning it and I was putting the post. And I just remember writing it and it was, you know, when you press post mm -hmm. and that moment there, I don't know, strange, but that moment there was great because it's like the whole world then woke up to, you know, people that don't follow MMA and didn't watch the fight but had me on Instagram or had me on Facebook and they've known me my whole life. And they're like, fuck yeah, he did it. That that was a good feeling. Was uh, were you tagging people on the post, or was it a general? Post? Just a general picture of me, picture of the blood, picture of the belt, picture of the check, and there was a pretty iconic photo of me on my hands and knees, just on the floor, like just overwhelmed with emotion. Yeah, it was great. It was, it was that was probably my highlight. <clears throat> yeah. So now you're in this situation. I started thinking a little bit. We've talked about you and your accomplishment. What do you think PFL in general? Your I don't know if we can call it graduating class, right? Your your class of champions going into this season. How do you think you guys stack up compared to maybe past seasons? You got Rob Wilkinson, right? He's a beast. There's a, there's a lot of new faces at the top. Me, Mavlid, Marlon, Bubba, Wade. Um, I mean, wow. High-level high fighters. But I think he's comparing you to the champions, the other champions. No, no, no. no. Oh, His class, like, like, you're at the end of the year when you go, who were the season's champions? How do you think you guys stack up against like some of the other years, the names Trevor that we talked about? The most stacked. Yeah. Uh, it was last year. Um, this year, I mean, I think I think they only signed two guys, and I don't. Really, one of them's a KSW champion. I, I'm not sure who the other guy is. So, oh, and Marlon, sorry. I would have been happy if they got a few more, to be honest, because yeah. I don't want to have a season of rematches. I really don't because I've, I beat Kudo. I beat. Wade, I beat Bubba, beat Shaman. Like, you know, I don't, I don't really want to do that. So <clears throat> I'd like to fight the newer guys. I'd like to, and this year, I want name value. I don't want to fight unknown guys with mm -hmm. no following. And then, but they're dangerous. I'd rather have guys like Marlon, who everybody knows. I'm like, oh shit, he's fighting Marlon, mm -hmm. rather than random guys. So I'm glad they've got Marlon there. And obviously we all know, there's no secret. I want to fight him off lead again. And I want to beat him over five rounds for the belt this year. And hopefully do it in Manchester, why not? Nice. Now, there, Is there talk about that? No, I'm just putting it out there. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good to do that. There aren't a lot of people that could say they've done what you've done and taken the road that you've taken, yep. right? So that being said, with, with everything that you've done, has there been like another champion or somebody that's gone through this that you've kind of shared a moment with, that you have a connection with, that you've talked, sat down and talked about just how grueling it is, man, to get to where you are? I mean, <clears throat> there's not many other champions that could say that they went through what I went through to get the belt. There's really not like every one of them four fights last year, I was injured pretty badly as well. And like had to push through them because if you miss a date, you're out. Like if you're a champion and you have an injury, you just phone up whatever organisation say, can you push it back two months? This has mm -hmm. happened. Whereas if I phone up PFL, you're out the tournament. So like to get this belt, people have no idea and... I really like that PFL's growing now and they're signing all these people from other organisations so they can all realise, I mean, you speak to Pettis, sit Pettis down, sit Rory down, sit Kayla down, sit these big names down, they'll tell you, Rory, it's the hardest thing they've ever done in their life because all these turnaround times, cutting 20 pounds in and out every six weeks, 
you know, the mind, the stare downs. It's just this whole crazy entity. And I've lost a lot of sleep. I've got a few more gray hairs, but I'm here again. Let's go. That's great, man. And, you know, part of that journey was, um, especially for a guy that's so scrappy like you, that loves to throw hands, put on a show, going through those wrestlers, man. You know, those guys are some tough dudes, and you were able to get in there and match them mentally because we all know wrestlers are mentally tough. You prove that, prove that, you know, you could wrestle, whether it's stopping a takedown yep. or even initiating, you know, mm. c the contact. Can you talk about getting over that mental edge? Because I'm sure a lot of people lab labeled you like that. Even going back to Pat Healy. Yeah. You know, Pat Healy was that type of grinder. Yeah, he was. Like, and there's a lot of grinders. You, Lance isn't in there in there this year, but he was in there for a while. Molet, of course. Yeah. And Wade and Bubba are wrestlers. <laughs> Can you talk about the mental aspect of wrestling and being able to answer for it and, and getting to the top, you know, and, and proving all those naysayers wrong? Well... First of all, it was Chris Wade who beat Bubba and give Islam Makachev probably his toughest fight in the UFC apart from Alex, give him a hell of a fight, Wade. And I was like watching all these fights of Wade thinking, fuck, he's a great wrestler. Chris Wade did not take me down one time. Bubba Jenkins did not take me down one time in the whole fight. And their sole game plan was to wrestle Brendan and none of them could do it. It just shows how I've elevated as a fighter. I have been fighting wrestlers now since I was 16 years old. Any, nobody wants to stand with me. Everybody wants to wrestle me. So all I do is wrestle, take down defence. And I was so happy this year that I was like, yeah, bring the wrestlers on. Everyone's like, but Bubba Jenkins, he's an NCAA champion. He beat Jordan Burroughs. He's this, he's that. I said, I don't care. And I was even like, my wrestling coach at the time, we're doing lots of get-ups. I said, let's stop doing get-ups because he ain't going to get me down to so get me up. Mm -hmm. And they're like, yeah, but bro, he's done this. I was like, I don't care. And I went out there and I proved it. It was awesome to yeah. see that. Um, that said, Marlon Marais is a really great striker. Yep. And so are you. Now that you've put the work in, and I'm sure Marlon has too. You guys are mixed martial artists. You're well-rounded. But is there something to be said for, hey, you know what? Because you've never been knocked out. Mm -hmm. And you can stand there, you know, and, and, and trade. I get that. But is there something like what John Jones did a few weeks ago? I'm not going to stand with gone initially. Let me put it in his head that I can take it to the ground. I got the wrestling. Oh, what do you know? Next thing you know, I'm dominating. I'm out of the fight. I'm injury-free. I'm out of here. Could you maybe do something like that and mix things up and decide to be a wrestler against a, a guy that strikes? I mean, I've... I'd like to say no, but who knows? I mean, I'm a mixed martial artist, and last season, when I fought Kudo in the first fight, I came out, he started throwing fast hands. I took him down seven times, I think, in the fight. I was like, okay, you're too fast. You're going to the floor. Mm -hmm. So if I want to switch it up, I will switch it up. I go, who's sick? Took him down four or five times in the second fight. Then I went to Bubba and Wade. No takedowns, was just punching the hell out of him. So... I'm a very, very well-rounded, smart mixed martial artist, and wherever it needs to go, it will go. And then I want to re revisit some stuff that that goes said. Um, Thailand, I think uh, um, Manchester. I think one time we were interviewing you, and Dominic Cruz was in the car. So yep. you've been to San Diego, maybe, and I think I remember Arizona, but I'm not sure yep, on that I've one. Been there too. Yeah. Now that the UK has found all this success, you know, we'll give some shout-outs to Leon Edwards and. I just saw MVP get a win. What about just huddling back in the UK 
you know, uh, have you thought about that? Or is there something about leaving everyone and being on a different time zone or, you know, 12, 3, 14 hour time yeah, zones yeah. away and isolating? Okay, so there's a couple of ways of looking at that. I've tried everything. I really have. I've done the camps at home, the camps away. So what I've found is when I'm away and I'm in Thailand or San Diego or wherever and I'm on my own and I'm in a room, people can't ring you for bullshit. Like, do you want to go for dinner tonight? And you don't have to let anybody down. And like, now that I've won the belt, I've got so many new friends in Manchester and everybody wants to be my friend. So it's like, I don't want to get comfortable. So I like disappear mm. and I go into my own shell and I get a little small ass room in Thailand and I'm just back and forth the gym every day. I'm on my moped, one session, second session. Whereas you got to take into account Manchester traffic, 45 minutes to one gym, 45 minutes to another gym, sat there, tired, meal preps, or like logistically and in order to get the best out of myself I like to be a stone throw away from the gym and I can just go in and out of that gym two to three times a day nobody can call me for anything and I'm just focused on the task at hand and that's that's the reason the most mostly the reason that I go away is it mostly because you don't want to have dinner with friends because it pulls <laughs> you away or you don't want to pay for the dinner <laughs> so now you got, got we got me on both ah, um, okay but no 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 like i see what you're saying though and then we call it just the soccer sorry football <laughs> um you know all these guys that play for our team united but even other teams they come in they do their thing sometimes they have kids raise them through you know um teenagers but eventually a lot of them will go back to their home countries where they started like uh like a cristiano ronaldo you know I eventually think he'll probably move back to Portugal when it's all said and yeah. done. In in uh, where's he at now? In Dubai, I guess. Yeah. You know, um, Lionel Messi will probably go back to Argentina. Yeah. Um, do you see it the same way? Right, right now, you're on a career path. You're doing what it takes. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that Manchester's not home, and that eventually you won't be back. Listen, I'm an out and out proud Mancunian. That is my home. That is my heart. That is the city that made me. That is the country that made me mm -hmm. and I represent them to the day that I die. But for right now, this second, I need to be in total isolation. I like it, man. I, I like hearing that. I need to just... No distractions or at least no one can give you shit. You know, like, come on, man. You know, Thursday's mm -hmm. poker night or yeah. we go to the movies or it's your uncle's birthday. Hey, I love my uncle, but I'm in Thailand. You know, I can't, I just can't make it. It's I like not that. even an option to mm -hmm. make it. It's yeah. not even like you're letting Talk people to down. Table. Like... One of my best friends got married last season, mid-season, and I was like, sorry, bro. And that one hurt me. I'm missing all this shit. Like, I am putting everything on hold my whole life for, for this. And the reason I do it is because fighting is so hard that you need to be all the way in or all the way out. Like, these guys that dip it in have three kids at home. No disrespect, but, you know, that, oh, I'll miss that practice. That, that one's an hour away. The traffic's too much today. And life starts getting in the way. Like, this is a short little window. I'm 33 now. Maybe I've got three years left, maybe. If I do, I want to maximise them three years and I don't want to sit in the bar at 50 and go, could have done more. Mm. Hey, I, yeah. I said soccer and switch to the football, so you got to stick with the pub. Yeah, don't yeah, switch yeah, to yeah. the bar to us. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. And by the yeah. way, UK people, why do you guys pronounce everything that's supposed to be with a TH with an F? I'm struggling uh, yeah. with fucking Fs over here. And they say <laughs> instead of three, they say free. Some, some regions, yeah, some regions do that. What's with that deal? 
you got me on that one. I is that just like in the latest twenty year, last twenty years? It's just something different. We just cut corners, don't we? Three. Yeah. Three. Uh, do you say three anymore? You, you say free. Free. He says free. Yeah. No, if I'm with my Manchester people, I say free. It's just but, a slang. It just, yeah, yeah. It turns it's into F. fast. Like if we if so if someone else from Manchester was here now, you wouldn't understand our word. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. I wouldn't. <laughs> but I watch Top Boy and Summer House, so I know a few things. That's London. <laughs> forget, forget London. Hey, be honest. You weren't that heartbroken about the wedding, right? Weddings are terrible. I was. I hate weddings, man. No, I was because this guy in particular, I'll give him a shout out. I want to give it a little clip for this. Alex Lee. He's been to all my fights and he's really gone out of his way. Like, I'll give you an example of what he did, right? After the Dana White Contender Series, like, I was down and then he flew out there and he oh. like, you only get like six people that can come. He was one of them. And then he was like, oh, and then my coach, he told my coach, hey, tell him to come to the club. I've got a big surprise. And then I was like, I'm not going no club. And then my coach was like, no, 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 like, you need to go. I walked in, this guy had spent, I'm not even going to tell you the amount, but a lot of money. I walked in, they had the Union Jacks. My face was all round Omnia. And he was like, look. After the Dana White continued? Yeah. Wow. And he's like, I want to cheer you up. And then I had to miss his wedding. Oh. Tough, man. It's tough, yeah. guys, you know? How much was the bill? I'm curious. 26000 I love that Damn. guy. Alex Lee. Shout Can you introduce out. us to him? Name? Alex Lee? Alex Lee. I love that guy. What a guy, yeah. eh? Yeah. Jeez. Did he hurt? Was he hurt about the wedding thing? Yeah. Or did he understand? Oh, no, 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 no. He understood, but I kind of was... makes him even a grander person in my book. Yeah, I was kind of... Yeah. Because he could have played that card on you like, bitch, I flew down to cheer your ass up. Get your ass to my wedding. But he didn't play that card at all. He he understands. He's yeah. watched me from 15, 16. That's a top boy. Yeah, yeah. Grind it out. And I was like, fuck. Right. And I know how much this wedding meant to me. I was at the stag do. So oh, that's even more important. Actually. I was at the stag do. So it, it <laughs> let me off with the wedding. Someone told you I spent 26 grand that night too. Yeah. yeah. Wow. No, that was a good, that was a good one. 52 of us went to Dubai. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's the main event. The that's wedding gangster was the there. It was wild. Yeah. So, oh. hey, so let me ask you a little bit about Marlon Moraes and, and the situation. Right? Yeah. A lot of people wouldn't have expected, like you and and we brought up Wilkinson, you guys have tough fights right out the get-go, right out the shoot, and they're against former UFC fighters, right? You said you want names, you want to prove to the, that casual fan that, hey, PFL has some tough fighters here. Were you a little surprised that you got Marlon in the first fight? Not really, no. I mean, they're probably paying him a lot of money, mm -hmm. so they're like, they want to get the value out of Marlon too, right? Uh, so, you, like the, you like the fact that it was like that right out of the get-go? Yeah, yeah, I mean... Wow, why would I want to, like, let's say the other random guy that they sound, signed, I think he's from Peru or something, okay, so it's like... Hey, 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 take it easy. <laughs> our, our mom's from Peru. No, no, but what I'm saying <laughs> is... He was making it sound like a tomato can from yeah, Peru no, nobody, nobody don't know him, like, he might be the, know, might be the best just, fighter to ever live. I'm totally busting we know. balls. It was you know I mean? so funny and so, uh, what's the word? Um, uh, not iconic, but... Uh, ironic? Ironic, there you there go. There you go, yeah. So but, Peru, uh, yeah. and I don't know him, but you guys will probably know him. And I'm like, oh, okay, but imagine you get this guy and then everyone in the UK tuning in and they're like, oh, who's this guy? No one really does it. But then they go, oh, Marlon. Everyone knows he's the guy yeah, that knocked out point. Sterling. Mm -hmm. He's the guy that beat Aldo not too long ago. You know, he's, he's been on a bit of a skid, but he was beating Shaman comfortably. And to be fair, yeah. he was actually a champion in your organization exactly. when it was WSOF too. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So, you know. Everyone's going to tune in to watch Brendan and Marlon, two strikers going at it. You've got the aggressive guy, you've got the thinker, you've got the 45er, you've got the 35er that's coming up that's not depleting himself no more. So, you know, this is one that uh, the, the fans went on. Do you think uh, you'll see him twice this year? Hmm. 
Or are there, or is there a fighter that you think you'll see twice this year? I mean, I, I mean, do you mean from other seasons or twice in the season? Twice in the season, you know, in the same season. Playoffs. That's not happened to me before yet. Um, but who knows why? Like, yeah, because I think what what goes is saying now that I thought about it is that would have been a great final too. When you look mm-hmm. at the names, when PFL releases the names, yeah. you're like, oh, I'd love to see those guys in the final. Yeah. But at the same time, there is something for. Mm-hmm. Opening night too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a tough fighters, one because it's like you want to risk it, and maybe I don't make it. Maybe he don't make it, mm. and then you miss that fight, or do you do it off the bat, and then you get the season opener and everybody's in, but then you might not get one of them in the final. But then you know, they put, Lance Palmer once fought three guy, one guy three times in one season. Yeah, they put Bubba that's, and Wade together that's first. Too much, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah but yeah, yeah. do you think uh, we've we've often talked to people from PFL and they say, look. People told me what it was going to be like, but I had to experience it first to really understand. You know, now we're a few seasons in. I think people have been able to learn from mistakes of others. But do you think it's still, no matter what, something you have to go through to understand? Yeah. I can't sit here and ever put into words how hard this thing actually is. Like, imagine, like, for the most of my career, it's been have a fight every three to six months, and then, you know, you get a bit of time off, enjoy friends, family time, relax. Start training slowly again, start preparing for the next one, get a bit fat, enjoy life in between. No, 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 this is start to finish camp. I can't explain like how hard it is and I can't believe I'm sat here talking about doing it again, but we're here. And it's like, now I've really gauged on how to work it. And again, I always allude to the fact that it is a marathon, not a sprint. You can't blow your load early in these in these things because I've seen so many people come out hard and just fade as the season goes on. I was the opposite last year. Started off slow, built up. Then when we got to the semis and the final was my best performances. But now I really know how to gauge this. And what a fight to get off the bat with Marlon Moraes on ESPN. Can't wait. I can't wait yeah. either. It's going to be a great fight. It I is. think you guys have proven yourselves. Yeah, exactly. All your fights are dynamic yeah. no matter what. So this is a great pairing. Um, all right. Just a couple more things here. Now, I don't want to be Debbie Downer or anything, but if... When fighters are in a camp and they've had some success, we always talk about momentum, right? Peter Jan, Rafael Fiziev, yep. they just experienced a couple of losses. Yep. Does that weigh on you or not you? Well, I mean, I don't know. Like, Is it the opposite, I guess? Is the momentum and Jim's hot? Maybe sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And I wouldn't ask this if like it happened years ago or something, but they actually just recently happened. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at Rafa's, Rafa's was very close anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing and then Peter's Peter's I don't know Peter's battling right now um, and it's like nobody was talking about when everybody was winning me, Rafa, Peter or last year all just beating people and then like nobody's like oh that gym's hot mm-hmm. so listen this is MMA it swings in roundabouts we're all at the highest level we're all got tough fights mm-hmm. sometimes they go your way Sometimes they don't. So, yeah. you know, I've been in this game long enough to understand that now. You get a lot of rounds in with those guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, not so much Rafa this time. Peter, I train with a lot. Um, and there's so many guys under the radar that you don't even know about that, that are coming through that gym right now. It's terrifying. Mm-hmm. I like your top. Um, I wish I was that thin, that I could rock something like that. But at the same time, does anyone think you're training for the Tour de France as well. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is, guys? I like to be stylish, you know? I like mm-hmm. to uh, give the sponsors some love to keep the... Uh, it's nice. Good yeah. color. I like that color. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. Montreal, shout out. Mm-hmm. Oh, they'll love, hey. they'll love that clip. 
speaking of the Tour de France, I never thought I'd ever say that, but um, outside of MMA, is there anything that can ever match that feeling you get when you're walking out to the cage and all that? Have you sky dove or have you ever done anything that comes close to it? Walking through the tunnel at uh, Old Trafford, do you think there's anything that can match that? Skydive, I've done that too. That was terrifying. Uh, yeah that was terrifying were you a screamer Uh, what was the worst part when the fucking plane door opens when you're like let's take it you said y'all you're good on time right yeah 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 yeah. when it was the day you weren't back so i'm gonna tell you this story when you get in the van when you're there when they outfit you tell us this the parts where you're like oh god this is a bit pretty crazy story Mm -hmm. this one so buckle in for this so i was in dubai um and I was just there training. One of my friends came out, a good friend of mine, and um, he was out on vacation and two of them came. And I came in from training one day and the other one was feeling sick and he was like, I can't do it, but I've already paid the deposit. It was like a Wednesday afternoon. And the other one was like, we're going, but it was on his bucket list. He's, he was sick and he was like, this is what I want to do. So I was like, okay, well, if you want to do it, then I've always wanted to do it too, let's go. It's a crazy story. No one even knows this, this is his first time, so. And then he did the skydive. We did it together. Was it Alex Lee? No, oh. it was a different guy. And uh, he actually died the day of my fight, this guy. What? God damn. The day of my fight. And I did his bucket list thing with him. Yeah. Crazy. Wow. He actually, That's chilling. He was actually, he had cancer. And he was all the way on his hospital bed. He didn't get to know the result. He was like, did he win? Did he win? And then... Unfortunately, he left us before. Really? Your, your title fight? Or yeah. No? Oh, wow. How crazy, right? Wow, man. Wild, 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 and wild. And when did, how far before the, that fight I, did you do the title, the, the skydive? The skydive was about a year and a half prior. Wow, and he knocked it off of the list. Yeah. And even though he was sick, how was his experience? What was he telling you? What were you guys talking about? He was battling cancer for a while, though. Um, <laughs> he was battling it, battling it. He'd overcome it, then he got it again. And then he got it real bad, maybe a month before the fight. And then he actually died the day of the fight. And not. And then, crazy story. I've just won the title. Mm. Nobody's told me. I was in the after party. And then I was mm. in my hotel room after it. And I was scrolling through Instagram. And then I seen it, an RIP mm. post. And I turned to my friend and he was like, oh, we couldn't tell you before the fight, we're sorry. I was like, what the fuck? So yeah. That's what happened. Yeah. So not not to pry too much. You don't yeah. have to answer if you don't. Uh, people react differently to those type of things, right? What do you think would have gone through your head if somebody, if they would have told you, uh, would you almost maybe could have pulled even more inspiration to win it for him? Or do you think it would have maybe kept you down? Um, I'm glad I didn't know until I knew. Yeah. Because like the last thing you need going into a million dollar fight is any more added stress, pressure, you know, and I remember when I seen it and I turned to everybody in the room and everybody in the room knew apart from me mm. and I seen it on Instagram and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then when everyone said we couldn't tell you, I was like, I mean, I understand. And right. yeah, I went to the funeral, all good. You know, um, this is part of life and he's moved on to a better place now. He's out of pain. So, you know, better mm. for everyone. And, and not to disrespect the story, but... Moving back to the skydive, yep. what was that experience like? Oh, uh, so yeah, so it was me and him, and then, and then we went on this whole thing, and then they, they do the like, they tell you about how it's gonna go, and you do this whole instruction. Are you nervous at that point? No, okay, not so you're at all. good. But don't forget, I did this off a cuff. I wasn't planning on this. It was a Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> I'm finished training. I've come in, and they're like, "Yo, oh, there wasn't like 
a date on the no counter. Plan. There was no plan. There's no plan. Oh, wow. It was just like, I come in from training and we're like, we're going. I'm like, okay. We got there. And like, there was, I think, three other people that are doing it in the same thing that we didn't know. We're going up in the plane. Everybody's jubilant. Hey, skydive. And then it gets higher and higher. It starts going quieter and quieter. Then it gets... A, Is the door open? Not yet. Okay. Then it gets really high. But you can see out the window, buildings are like this, and then they disappear. And then all you can see is clouds, and you're like, fuck. And then... Uh, and you're attached to someone, right? Yeah, yeah, he's behind me. And then the door psh, opens up. It's all loud, and you're like, oh, my. Am I really going to jump out of that? Were you of thinking that? of out at any point? Or it's you just knew late. it was happening? It's too late. It's okay. too late. And then the guy's attached to you back. You, like, shuffle to the door. And then it's pretty funny because they throw you out on two because they say if they do one, two, three, people grab the door. So he goes one and throws you out on two. Mm. And then you're down. Did that then, dot go to your head? Hey, that was two. <laughs> no, he told me at the end. Mm. That's what they did. I understood it. Um, but yeah, I had an amazing experience. Would I do it again? Probably not. Um, but I'm glad it's off the list. Yes. Nice. That's a great story. You know, mm. our buddy, Steve Straub, he jumped out at 50 and he passed away, I guess, not too much after that. And I remember mm. I gave him some crap. I'm like, come on, we're 50 years old, man. Enough of this. Ah, it's something I wanted to do, you know? And now it. that I think about it, I'm glad he did it. Fuck it. You know, once is good away. enough, though, right? Hmm? Once is good enough, right? Yeah, no, once is yeah, good Yeah, unless enough. you're going to reach the point where you're going to do it on your own. Yeah, you no, 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 a no, certain no, amount no. of dives. No, 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 no. I think once is enough to just, you know, scratch that itch. Let me ask you both a question, though. If they go, look, parachutes, you know, obviously are not 100%, but we have one that's 100%. It's a Liverpool one. Do you take that one or you just stick with the one that? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I've become more fond of the Scousers. I've been hanging around with Darren Till and the boys a bit more. So up the Scousers. They're the enemy. Nah. Nah, wait, listen. It's 45 minutes away from my house. We can't call in the enemy when you live that close, right? The team's the enemy, not the Till. The team's are the enemy. Yeah. yeah. But the team, like, do you see what they did? Or do they have internet in, in Thailand? Seven, nothing. Not to ask one. We got to pay the motherfuckers back. Yeah. That was painful. Mm -hmm. That was, that a, was a brutal day. one. We got to get them back one day. I just went offline that day. What's your um, <laughs> What's your Manchester United dream? You know, I'm just not there as much anymore. So I feel like I'm a bit disconnected from Manchester United. Um, I'm actually going home after this one. So I'll make sure I get back in the ground and get amongst it again because there's no energy like a Manchester United game. There's really not... Have you ever been to Carrington? The never training been to, complex? No, 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 never been there. No, no. Okay. Old Trafford, a lot. Um, I was lucky enough, obviously, I know Jesse and Marcus, so I always end up with the family in the box. So it's always a great experience. It's food, it's drinks, it's, you can go in and out the box. You know Marcus too. I knew you knew Jesse Lingard, but you knew Marcus I know Rafford. Marcus, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know oh, his brothers. Right. We all grew up together. Great fella. And um, so we get the VIP, you know, you get the, just out on the balcony to get the atmosphere, then back in, shut the doors, and you get your food, your drink, sit mm -hmm. down, have your dinner, back out. It's really? Great. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Oh, well, that's awesome, man. It is awesome. And Marcus is having a great season. I think oh. like 25 or 27 goals. Amazing, yeah. He is. He's yeah. pulled it all back together. Yeah. And Jesse, I'm sorry, but is he at, where, where is he at Forest. now? Forest. Forest? Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm. He was at West Ham for a year, came back, yep. yeah. and then now he's, uh, all right. That, that's great, man. Yeah, man. You used to play, and you used to yeah, yeah. live nearby, right? Yeah. Correct. Where did you buy your your property? Uh, which one? The one that I just told you yeah, about? Yeah. Dubai. Oh, it's in Dubai? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, I went there during COVID for that stag dude that we were talking about. And then just 
ended up loving it there and I was like, oh, I really like it. I could see myself living there. So I bought something there, rented it out. So, you know, even if I don't decide to live there, it's still a good investment and I still think that. Oh, like they keep it occupied. If yeah, it's occupied. Oh, funnily enough, my friend was there anyway and he went, I'll just take it off you. I was like, great. So I literally got the keys, give it him and I was out of there. And he makes the payments yeah. on your place. Oh, went perfect. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I forgot about it. house. No, let's say I forgot about COVID, but your road to this, man, it couldn't have been any harder, right? Like the obstacles that were thrown your way. Mm. I forgot you had to do a lot of that through COVID. No, I feel bulletproof now. I feel but like 17 day quarantines we had to do. It was wild. Then they told me I couldn't the go home. The one in New Jersey, right? Or there was a couple that were really bad, man. Yeah. I couldn't Quarantine. go home for a year. They said, once you enter the United States, you can't leave because you might not get back in due to COVID. So I had to just, I was training in Vegas for a bit, San Diego, like moving around the States, trying to find gyms to train at because I couldn't go home. Mm. And that's kind of how I find, ended up staying away from home after that because it was like, well, I just did a year away anyway. Not off my own bat, I just could, it wasn't allowed. It was wild. How do you think you would do against Patricio Pitbull Frady from Bellator? Not watched too many of his fights, but these are the guys that I want to be fighting before it's all said and done. I really do. I really want to cement my legacy as one of the best 145ers. Um, How do you think you would do against Alex Volkanovsky? Alex is a friend of mine. We share a wrestling coach. You know, Alex is a great guy. Um, I just think that me, him, Patricio, and I think he's called Tankai, um, the 1FC champion, I just know that we're the elite of the elite, and then them four would be great fights. Yeah, definitely. They're, uh, put the um, lighter weight classes across many divisions yeah. are really outstanding. I was giving the Bantamweight some love the other day because the Bantamweight division is one of my favorite divisions, maybe my favorite division, sorry. But they got so much history. I mean, look, Aldo kind of retired recently. He used to be a featherweight. Cruz is kind of chugging along towards the end. Dillashaw's. Whatever, but um, I love the fact that Bellator, their Grand Prix, had some great bantam weights, you know. And the, the two finalists, Patchy Mix and um, Raytheon Stotts, are solid. Sergio Pettis awaits the winner. Although, I don't know if you heard, Sergio Pettis is fighting Patricio Frady. Frady's gonna drop 35 now. Oof. Yeah, he's gonna try to become a, a triple champ. Wow, yeah, that's big. So, now that would be the first. I want ever, you right? guys. Mm -hmm. All the lighter white classes, I want all you guys to get paid, man. Because in boxing, for a long time, heavyweights yeah. made the money. Respectfully, man. Muhammad Ali, Joe Frazier, George Foreman, Ernie Shavers, Ken Norton. Yeah. This goes on and on. They pass it on Larry Holmes. And then in the 80s, we had the four kings. Marvin Hagler, Sugar Ray Leonard, mm -hmm. Roberto Duran, Thomas Hearns. And they elevated lower weight classes. 147, that's what welterweight is mm -hmm. in boxing. They passed the mantle on to... Yeah, yeah. Julio Cesar Chavez, Floyd Mayweather, Oscar De La Hoya, Manny Pacquiao. You know, man, lighter weight class fighters exciting. are exciting, you know, and they make a lot of bread. Canelo as well, you know, and I hope MMA that also starts to become the norm because I've seen the blueprint in boxing and I think you guys deserve that, that coin. I agree. And I think, you know, I can't complain about the pay, obviously. Like, mm -hmm. my last payday was absolutely incredible. Yeah, changed my whole life. Well, you saw what Pettis made along the way, even though he didn't make true, it to your one true, million dollars. True. You know, if they got it, the fighters deserve it. But I, I won't ever really put my boot on 
PFL's neck because they've proven to me that if they yeah, have money, exactly. they share it. Exactly. So, so far, so good there. You so know? far, but, so good. But we always want to push for that. All right, last one from me. Yep. Um, can you share a good street fight story? Ah. Mm. Well, I worked on security in Manchester for like three years. Or at a club? Yeah. And you can imagine everybody used to look at me. I was like 18 and be like, what the fuck is he going to do? Like, mm -hmm. why is he stood on this door? So I was pretty active. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, definitely uh, had a lot more fights than I should have. But any standouts? I mean, yeah, there was this one time. This is a good one. I was, uh, I just started on this strip club, right? And these guys come over. You're bouncing at a strip strip club? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was with this older guy. And this older guy, like, kind of was even looking at me like, hmm, like, you sent this guy, it's really, right? Then this guy comes up to the door, big, full of steroids, whatever else he was on. And he was like, uh, trying to get in. This guy was stopping him. I was stood behind him. And then this guy goes, Why didn't you guys want him in? He didn't want him in for what? He was too drunk. Okay. He's full of whatever he was full of. And it was like, yeah. And then the guy's like, you're not coming in. And he turns to me and he's like, what's he doing stood here? And he was like, has your dad got you a job? <laughs> oh, man. I was like. Just, That's what the muscle guy said. Yeah. What's he doing here? Has your dad gotten you a job? Yeah, right? yeah. So I'm like, whatever. So then the guy turns to me. He's like, well, why don't you fight him then? And mm. then I was like, he said it to him. Why don't you fight that him? That guy was no uh, Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse. Be yeah. nice. Avoid problems. No, no, no. This guy wanted action. He okay. wanted to test me. So mm -hmm. I was like, he, he said to him, why don't you fight him? And he went, okay, no problem, because he's three times the size of it. Mm -hmm. And I went, okay, no problem. So oh, Are we talking like, who do you look like, Francis Ngannou? Or no. A little, little shorter? No, 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 a little oh, short, a okay. bit wide. Well, very wide, a lot wider than me. Probably weighed, what? Yo, Romero, something like that, man. No, 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 no. But you could tell he's been on the sauce, this fellow. Got it, okay. So anyway, we uh, he goes, right, it's my first night on this trip. I'm like, oh, my God. Right, okay, we're in. So there's this alleyway across the street. He's like, right, down there. So we go down. I'm talking all the strippers come out of the club. The owner of the club comes out. Everybody comes to watch this fight. I'm like, mm. what the fuck? <laughs> so anyway, I start fighting with this guy. <laughs> what was your skill level then? You were just from the I streets was, or did you, had you already been doing I'm doing MMA, but I was wrestling quite a lot of the time, funnily enough. And I remember like, well, I was scrapping and he's got me like a schoolboy headlock. But as he's got me in the schoolboy head, like I've gone round his waist and lifted him right over mm, my head. The boom, suplex? Boom, onto his head. On the cement. And I was like, oh, God. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh. And that was everybody rap, right? was kind of like, ooh. Uh, even I was like, oh, shit. I wasn't supposed to do that. But my hands were all bloody and shit. Got back to the doors. The owner came out, give me two buckets of ice. I've got my ice in it. And then the police came. I was like, they're like, came over. This guy's still unconscious behind the thing. Or like, his friends are helping him up. And they're like, Hey, was that you? And then I was like, well, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then crazy story, they go, thank God you did it. So we didn't have to. They were like, he has been causing trouble around town all mm. night. We've been following him wow. on the cameras. I just left it like CCTV, that. CCTV, yeah. And I was just like. Wow. Died some bullets there. And in the end, was he okay? Who knows? Or is he, still he got up and stumbled off. Wow. That's how much I know. Well, hopefully you checked that motherfucker, you know? I love bully stories, and that's what it sounded like a little bit. But it was a suplex that got him. He oh, was God. out on the actual... He was headlocking me real hard like mm -hmm. that, and I just got around the waist, and then boom. Wow. And it was like, you oh, You have to get up and cover and get the three count. No, it was like, at that point, it was done, done. Wow. But it's like, okay, well... Were any strippers going like this? Hey. After, yeah, I got a few <laughs> yeah. strippers after that one.
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right? I imagine. No, it was the king after that. that. What did the guy that set you up say? Oh I hope he God. took his hat. He was just like, this motherfucker is dangerous. Mm -hmm. Does that, do you still know anybody? Like, I, I would hope that that guy that was the big dude that said, hey, why don't you go find him, is your biggest fan now. I used to work with this guy when I, I was mean, 18. He was 15 years ago. But you know what was good, right? That I solidified myself because I was like, I don't want to be doing fighting every night. And then once I did that, I proved myself to all these security guys and all these owners that, okay, this motherfucker can fight, you know what I mean? In England, we don't have guns, we don't have knives, really. Like, it's real hand-on-hand -hand combat. So it's like, okay, this kid, if he needs to fight, he will fight. So then everyone just left me alone, kind of like, still got the odd guy drunk, but he knew, the owner, the, the, the guy who started it, knew not to tell me to do it again because it could be very dangerous if I get involved again. Was your street status elevated a yeah. little bit? Nice. The, the whispers went around the streets and shit, it was like... Yeah. No, no, this kid is serious. Gotcha. So I didn't have to do it again. I didn't want to do it again anyway. You know what I mean? Outstanding story. Yeah. We've been doing this for almost 16 years. We only reserve it for in-studio guests. Yeah. But we we accumulate at least 500 stories. This is 10. up there, dude. Yeah. You like I that love one? it. Yeah, I love the way it ended and everything. Yeah. Especially with the cops telling you that you did them a favor. Crazy, right? Yeah. All right, guys. Anything final from you for our guest, Brendan Lockman, who locks up? With Marlon Marias on Saturday on ESPN, April 1st. You got to check it out. 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. That's my final plug goes. What do you have for Brendan? Last one for me. Uh, because of everything you went through to get this first one, yep. can the second one ever top it? Oh, good question. Let's see. Let's see. I ain't got the answer for that right now. Um, I'm just focused six days, go with Marlon, and then from there, we'll we'll see. We'll, we'll take it fight by fight this year. And we'll be watching and covering each and single one of them because you are an outstanding fighter to watch, to cover. You're a great representative, UK, PFL, featherweights, everything. You may tick all the boxes. Congrats you on all your success. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right, folks. That's Brendan Lockning here on Junkie Radio. All right, guys. As expected, that was a fun one with uh, Brendan Lockning. I thought... Uh... It's always fun when a a guest, like those of you who have been listening to our show for a long time, I know some of you have been here since day one, when there are these types of fighters that we've been interviewing since the beginning of their careers, it's just fun to go full circle. You know, the last moment that I can remember is uh, Daniel Cormier coming to the studio as a champion and King Mo bringing his belt, right? Where these are guys that when we first interviewed, people were like, who's this guy again? What, who? Where does this guy come from? And you see their their careers blossom like that. That is so cool. And so for us, that was a special moment. And I'm glad we got to do it in person with him. Yeah, we got to do that once with Valentina Shevchenko. We got to do it once with Johnny Hendricks. So there's been a few of them for sure. And uh, we'll, be, we'll be publishing some pictures of the belt, the PFL belt that he brought in. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a cool looking belt. And Brandon, his personality just shined. Awesome guy. Couldn't be happier uh, for him, honestly. Throw the whole Manchester United thing off to the side. He's still a solid cat. Yeah. Good fighter, too. Uh, just, man, that guy really, really hits all the check marks. So uh, I'm glad that we got to do that. And, and yeah, you know, we, we pulled back the curtain a little bit of, of how this all came about. And so um, we are now, uh, we finished that, that, that part of the interview. Uh, this is literally, I don't know, a 
couple minutes after that happened. And uh, and so, yeah, let's, let's talk a little UFC, right? Good, good card this weekend. Yeah, so Corey Sanhagen defeated Marlon Vera via split decision. I can't believe I'm actually saying that. Mm-hmm. It was technically a, it was officially, I should say, a split decision win for Corey Sanhagen. But in reality, it was a one-sided affair. Congrats to Corey Sanhagen. You know, Marlon Vera, I think, is pretty much owned up. He just didn't show. And there's no other way to describe it. You know, at times when Marlon Vera did show, he looked pretty good. But he had no answer for Sanhagen's takedowns. And then even when they stood up, Sanhagen was way more active than Vera. And now Sanhagen, who's taken three hurtful losses, Peter Yan, um, Aljamain Sterling, TJ Dillashaw, can now, I think, pick himself up and start to make another run at the champ, who currently is Sterling, who, to be fair, Sterling took care of him so quick that we didn't even see that fight on hold. That's not to say Sterling couldn't do that, and that's not a strength of Sterling's, but I think what I was trying to say is I think the second fight would be different, and again, I'm not predicting Sanhagen would win. I'm just saying at least it gives us something to look forward to. Like, no one can say, oh, we already saw that. No need to see it again. Yeah, that's what's so interesting about this division and quite a few divisions, you know, like even welterweight. It just really depends on who's at the top. And like, we're all fighting to give our opinions of what we think should happen right now. But right now is only going to last a couple of weeks. And we're already going to know uh, some answers, right, with, with Masvidal and Colby Covington, that whole situation. What if Masvidal loses? Then what are we talking about, right? Uh, same thing here, man. Well, what if Henry Cejudo wins, right? That just shakes everything up. There's so many different things. And I think Marlon Vera, it was just a little bit of an off night for him. But at the same time, it was a great night for Corey Sanhagen. And I think Marlon Vera, Vera, because he's so active, because he's so much fun to watch, I think he can get right back in the mix. He's just, I would say, take some time off, man. He's been pretty active. And um, really, you got to like kind of see maybe Sean O'Malley. That's the guy that that you could be chasing because if things don't go his way, uh, that's a big name that you can rematch. I'm sure Sean wants to get that one back. And that kind of puts you right back into the fray of everything, right? So I don't think all is lost for Cheeto Vera. Um, but Corey Sanhagen, boy, like, dude, that guy, when he is on point, he is very difficult to deal with. Yeah, good call on the O'Malley matchup because that one's been in Cheeto's back pocket now for two and a half years. He may have that card to play depending on Cejudo and Aljamain Sterling and then whatever else comes next, which could be, um, you know, Sean O'Malley. You never know. But, yeah, Cheeto Vera, man, there goes the four-fight win streak over Cruz, Font, Edgar, and Davy Grant. Impressive, you know. Um, he really starts Edgar and then and Cruz. But, yeah, against Corey Sanhagen, just it was nowhere to be found. We'll see what happens to him. One of the problems with being in an exciting division is um, exciting usually means stacked. When it's stacked, there's a lot of names, you know, that, that you have to consider. And for poor Marlon Vera, he is a star. He should be talked about, you know, with um, with all these other names. But, oh, by the way, I forgot Murad Duvalishvili up there who could maybe sidetrack anything that has to do with O'Malley. That, that was the name that I was missing. But when you got, you know, Peter Yans of the world, uh, Rob Font, and then look who's cut, look who's chugging down their, you know, come, you know, 
behind him, you know, coming up, coming up behind him. Ricky Simone, Chris Gutierrez, Umar, Nurmagomedov. Those are some killers. Jack Shore, mm-hmm. Jonathan Martinez, Cody Garbrandt's gonna, you know, he's he's always the names. So you have to be weary weary of the names. This this division man has no mercy. So if I'm Cheeto Vera, I do take some time off. But if I can play that O'Malley card, if the Valor Julie sneaks in there somehow, that's the card to play because that'll get you closer to being a title contender again versus going to the bottom and then having to work your way up. Just ask Bolal Muhammad. Oh God. Ask him. Ask uh Benil Dariush. Like this is... don't get me started on this, man. I get so fired up on this topic, but uh I just I don't know if we're stressing ourselves out for no reason or what, but really things just have to play out. They really do. The, the landscape of these divisions can change so quickly with just one lot, one win, one loss, the right guy and pairing start to, to, to take form in different ways. So we'll see, man. But uh, I mean, what one thing it does, I heard some people kind of shitting on this fight and I didn't really think it was that bad. It wasn't great, but it was technical. And uh, I think Corey Sanhagen did what he needed to do to win. It's not like he didn't put his foot on the gas. I mean, if you look at their faces at the end of the fight, it's not like they didn't do anything. Um, But I thought overall uh, the card was okay. What really hurt were a couple crazy decisions here and there. Some decisions that maybe didn't decide a fight, like in this fight here, right? We had a crazy scorecard. But uh, And then just Texas itself has got its own problems. Oh, yeah. We can get into that if we have some time here. But let's focus in on the co-main event. Holly Holm defeated um, Yana Santos, formerly known as Yana Kunitskaya. If you haven't put the math together, she married Diago Santos, UFC, former UFC middleweight and light heavyweight, now current PFL light heavyweight. And uh, this was pretty one-sided. Congratulations to Holly Holm being gone over a year. Comes back, gets the win. And she was asked quite a few times in the octagon and then post fight, what do you want next? She kind of was skirting around that answer, but I was looking at this and I don't see how you don't do Holly versus Juliana Pena. And I think Raquel Pennington's done enough to fight Amanda Nunes, unless the UFC plays the Mexico card and they can go with Irene Aldana who has won four out of five. um, Except Raquel Pennington's won five out of five. Like she hasn't even taken a loss. Now, again, Bilal Muhammad, Kobe Covington, you know, I, uh, who knows? Um, but I don't want to see Pennington versus Holm three. Uh, Pennington's already up. Sorry, Holm's already up to nothing. I'd rather them freshen things up. Now, that said, Amanda Nunes, girl, you haven't fought since July of last year. We're already at the end of March. Let's call it April. What are you going to do? If they were to announce something now, it will have been one year. And remember, you own two titles. Granted, one division's pretty much on life support. But you got some contenders here. You know, I'd, I'd like to see Amanda maybe fight in July and fight once more by the end of the year because when you, when someone earns these shots, you know, they want to get the payoff. And and uh, I think the payoff is sitting there for either Pennington or Aldana. Yeah, it's kind of funny because this used to be the marquee division for the females, and now it's because Amanda is so dominant. And you look at the girls that are at the top, uh age-wise like how much longer are they really going to be doing this like i don't know that we're replenishing the stars in those divisions but um i would be okay with that scenario playing out but 
you know, we got to find out what's going on here with Amanda Nunes. Yeah. Uh, Nate Landwehr defeated Austin Lingo. Macy Barber defeated Andrea Lee. Albert Duaref defeated Chidi and Jokowani. Daniel Pineda defeated Tucker Lutz. Any thoughts on any of those four fights below the main event and the co-main event? The Macy Barber fight, Andrea Lee, I'm going to have to go back and watch that a little closer. I remember feeling like Andrea Lee was going to get a decision. I thought Macy Barber won, I think it was round three. But I remember the commentators seemed like they were very adamant that she had lost rounds one and two. And I remember as I was watching it, thinking those rounds are a little bit closer than what we think. Um, so there were like a couple of those decisions. I know it seemed to catch everybody off guard. Um, it was a really good fight, but I really want to go back and watch that and make sure that the right person won. Yeah. Well, I'm going to come clean. I was either in March Madness mode or Bell's Palsy mode. So I did not really get a clean look at these fights other than to read the the, um, the play-by-play and see the Twitter highlights and stuff like that. But I, I want to give it a go-around. I did hear and see some controversies around the state of Texas, roughing the night before, judging the next day. Just really, really poor. And the only thing I want to say on that is every time you guys want to shit on Sal Diamato or Chris Lee or whoever else, those were the judges that got the good scores on the Sanhagen Vera score. It was a Texas judge that had the score the other way or Vera. So be careful when you say, we need new judges. You get rid of some of these old school judges that have put in the time um, and get new judges, look at what you may get. Now, I'm not sitting here saying, oh, yeah, uh, Sal Diamato, God, throw roses at his feet or whatever. Even he said he's looked back at fights and maybe gotten it wrong. It's a difficult job. Again, March Madness, did you guys see the call in, um, what was it? Well, it was San Diego State and uh, Florida Atlanta. I can't remember. But there there was a call in a game, and Charles Barkley, Hall of Famer and Clark Kellogg and Kenny Kenny the Jet and what's the name Kenny the Jet uh, Smith Smith yeah even that panel disagreed experts can disagree folks fighters coaches media hardcore fans we can all disagree doesn't mean someone else is fucking crazy or anything like that but trust me these people are good they know what they're doing you just see it a different way you know. So if Sal Diamato has gotten something wrong or whatever, probably got outweighed by all the times he's gotten it right. But um, these judges are good. So are the referees. They're just going to make mistakes. And when they're not good, then we give, we give them you know, some crap about it and we need them to reevaluate, like the Texas judge turning in that score or the referee that was abysmal on Friday night. But um, anyway, I just wanted to say that. Uh, earlier on the card, Lucas Alexander defeated Steven Peterson. Trevin Giles defeated uh, Preston Parsons. CJ Vergara defeated Daniel De Silva. And Vitor Altamirano defeated Vinicius Salvador. San Antonio crowd was awesome. Fight of the night went to Vergara and De Silva, 50000 each. Performance of the night, Nate Landwehr and Daniel Pineda. Congratulations to them. Um, just to put a bow on the event goes... Any last thoughts? Oh, I guess Cerrone got nominated to the UFC Hall of Fame. 
So any last thoughts on that fight card? Yeah, you know, I think Texas kind of gets lucky, man. Um, that is kind of a big deal to have Donald Cerrone uh, put in the Hall of Fame. And then the way that they did it was really, really cool. And I'm glad that they got to experience that. So, that you know, that's a big... Normally, a lot of these fight cards, you end up at the Apex. But that, that's a big arena that they did. The fans were really into it. Um, you got to see some fighters like a Nate, the great Landwehr, who we have been interviewing for a long time as well. We need to get him back in here. Um, you see the the beginnings of what could possibly be some of the names that we talk about later on. Uh, Dana really likes him. He had a great performance. He's one of those guys that when he grabs the mic, he, he knows what to say. But uh, overall, I would think that if you went to this event, you probably had a good time. Yeah, most definitely. Um, I'm glad the UFC is traveling, but I think they just need to huddle up with the commissions and say, hey, listen, you guys need to tighten your game. And if not, then guess what? We're going to use judges from other states that are more qualified. Because mm-hmm. I know Texas is a, a friendly state for the UFC, even though the COVID, I think we're 90% past it. Some stuff still exists. And so the UFC has been cozying up to Texas, Florida, and other places. But really, I, honestly, it is does appear to start to be opening up again, and hopefully they can get to other places. Anyway, um, the only other thing I wanted to say was as far as Donald Cerrone, you know, I didn't get to talk on spinning back like today, but I heard you guys discuss it. And I, you know, I understand Goza's point about the – when you compare the Hall of Fames of other sports that are voted on, not by the UFC, you know, who may have had favors done for them, or, you know, sometimes you feel like something sentimental, it's more by, you know, them actually earning it, right? The X's and O's, the, the stats. Cerrone still has impressive stats. Mike Vaughn, you know, obviously brought some stuff up on things that he had accomplished. The guy didn't win a WEC title or a UFC title. He came up short on both ends a couple of times, multiple times. But he did fight quite often. He did fight on short notice. He did help with the tremendous growth of the sport. And I can recognize that when I read stories about uh, players in the NBA and the NFL, you know, you compare some of their stats to shit that goes down now. You look back and you're like, you made it to the NFL? You know, you made it to the Hall of Fame? Come on. Um and and then there's a lot of people that make it to Hall of Fame and and didn't accomplish stuff. But there, in my opinion, Donald Cerrone accomplished a lot in his career, and I think because of that, you know, it helps offset not winning a title. And I do believe that he was worthy of it. Now, what I'm not sure of is like, should a Dan Henderson still not be in the Hall of Fame? You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Donald Cerrone or that that part I think we they need to sort out a little bit a little a little bit better but um I really enjoyed the discussion and somebody said pull up Jim Miller stats next to Donald Cerrone are you are you going to include him well maybe we are who knows because he's setting so many high marks that he may just have some a, a different contribution that they feel but I would tell people settle down this is 30 years the sport is still growing. It's got a learning curve. We're not going to be making mistakes like boxing has made or other sports. I think they'll clean it up and you'll see a lot more merit-based stats type 
you know, of of a, of a Hall of Fame, you know, down the road. That's my opinion. I don't know. We'll see. But congratulations either way to Donald Cerrone on a fabulous career. Um, real quick, just a final reminder, PFL, it starts up again, the regular season. The Challenger Series is over. So the regular season starts up here on Saturday, August 1st. Oh, sorry, April 1st. They're on a three-week run here at the Virgin uh, Theater um, inside the Virgin Hotel. It's the former Hard Rock, for those of you that have been coming to Vegas for a long time. And they're going to do Saturday, Friday, Friday. This Saturday, they are on ESPN, big ESPN. So huge uh, platform for them, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific for the main card. The prelims start at 7 p.m. Eastern. Pacific. We've interviewed a lot of the fighters from these uh, fight cards that are coming up. Check those out over at youtube.com forward slash MMA Junkie Video. That's where you can catch Spinning Back Click if you don't catch it live. A lot of our interviews and a lot of the hard work that our staff does. And one last thing on the way out. Bellator made a huge announcement. They're going back to Chicago and they got a nice card, at least a nice one-two punch so far. But Dean Nenkoff defends against you all over Romero. Um, and get this, Sergio Pettis defends against Patricio Pitbull Brady. Now, when I first heard that, I go, what? Um, the Grand Prix will still finish out with Patchy Mix and Raytheon Stotts. Stotts is the is the interim champ. Whoever comes out of that, I guess, I don't know if they become, I guess they become the interim champ. You would think they would be headed towards an undisputed against Sergio Pettis. What's fair is fair. Whoever wins it, by the way, will get their million dollars. But you might even want the break. I don't know. But when you hear about something like this, pretty historic, you're like, oh, I, I might give them a pass. What did you think goes? Is this right? Or should they have finished the Grand Prix first and then revisited Patricia? It's, it's a little confusing, but at the same time, like you don't want somebody sitting around that long. And it's one of those situations where you just give it a pass. I, I, I think it's okay. I think it'll be fine. It, it's a little confusing and goes down in the history books is a little odd, but uh, I think it was the right call. Yeah, yeah, it was it was big news. So this is probably Romero's last chance at gold. And, uh, you know, Nemkov is solid. Um, and Patricio Pitbull, arguably the best fighter Bellator's ever had. So huge, huge announcement for yeah. them. And look, with that, we're going to bounce on out of here. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you for putting up with my voice. I hope to get better and get over this. But you know, I had thought about taking some time off, and then I realized, well, where am I going to go? You guys are like my family, a lot of you, friends, and eventually the word would get out. It's not like I can hide this, and uh, I just need to overcome it because it is my career. And and if I don't, then guess what? <laughs> I got to I got to go in another direction, right? But my hope is to get through this and be back and sounding a lot better for you all. So you're all going to be stuck with us for a long time to come. Anyway. Oh, and I do want to give a shout-out to Goes, who's been tremendous here in helping me get over this. Um, my girlfriend, Juliet, uh, also Brian's girlfriend, Laura, and the friendly messages I've been getting from people. Uh, and, of course, my JRT, Yogi. I'm looking at him right now. He's making me laugh, and I can't wait to spend some time with him and cheer up a little bit. It's been a long 48, 72 hours. Yeah. Enjoy your day. Uh, go out and be a champion. We'll talk to you soon. And everybody, smile more. Trust me, from a guy that can't smile right now, smile more, man.
just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.